Amen. This morning, do you have the message up there, Mike? You do. What is the message this morning, Mike? What does it say? Happy New Year. How many are excited for 2021? How many are more excited for 2021 than you were for 2020? Oh, boy. Before we get started in the message this Sunday, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the message. We thank you for the word. Lord, we pray that it would rule and reign in our hearts. Lord, I pray that we don't just hear this word and let it leave our hearts, but that we would hold on to it. Lord, as we talk about what it means to prepare for a new year or a new season, Lord, speak to us. Speak clearly to us. Lead us in your ways. We thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are leaving 2020 and getting into 2021. Uh, Some may look on this last year with fondness. Some may look at it with heartache. We had no idea going into 2020 what it was going to contain, what it was going to uh, put uh, the country and the world through, and for many of us, how it would affect our lives. We absolutely had no idea, right? So for some, it was filled with great sorrow, and for some, it was filled with great joy. For many, this has been a year in the valley for them. And then for some, it's been a year on the mountaintop. So part of the celebration of the new year is the chance to do better, right? It's the chance to start over. It's a new beginning. It's a new season. It's a new year. And so we do new things hoping for better outcomes. For those wondering, I'm, uh, we are going to continue our series in Revelation in a week or a couple weeks here. But I thought this, t- this year, this time, at, for, for this week, we're going to focus on the new year. Uh, of course, part of the new year includes New Year's resolutions. So, I've asked this before, but now is the time of the year. Does anybody have any resolutions this year? Now, they might be things that you have personally that you don't want to say, and that's okay. But what are some popular New Year's resolutions? Steve, what's a good New Year's resolution? Lose weight. That's number one, right? Everyone says lose weight. That's a very popular one. Doug, what's another one? Prosper. That's a good one. Timmy? I don't know why I said Timmy. Tim, what's a good New Year's resolution? No? Keep, oh, okay. Maybe find love this, you know, this next year. Uh, or, you know, maybe... Read more, right, to, to better yourself. What's that, Doug? Join the gym. That's to do with losing weight, sort of. Probably should take, I should probably write some of these down, but take more pictures. Uh, spend more time with your kids. Spend more time with your family. Just this morning, I called Eli, and I said, Eli, come here. And Jackie said, he's eating breakfast. I said, so what? Come here. And she said, for crying out loud. And Eli comes in and he gives me a hug. I said, there's always time for breakfast. There's only so many times for hugs and, and time with your kids, right? So cherish those moments, right? That's what we do in the new year. What's, what, Louise, what's another good New Year's resolution? 
Well, good. Good for you. Mark, how about it? More pigs? There you go. Okay. <laughs> Happy New Year, right? That when we think about resolutions, we think, of course, weight loss is always a popular one, right? So how many times have we made a resolution and we're intent on keeping it, and then we see a chocolate cookie or bacon, and it goes out the window, right? Right there, uh, Mike, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So it's, it's funny. There was a newspaper article, and it said, uh, there, it, it was kind of a funny story. It said that towards the end of 2010, a man began to get serious about his weight goals. So his New Year's resolution was, started out well, but eventually he went back to his old hang-ups and habits. As the years went by, his resolutions became a little less resolute until they looked like this. In 2011, I will get my weight down below 180 pounds. 2012, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. 2013, I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. 2014, I will work out three days a week. 2015, I will drive past a gym at least once a week. All right, it's kind of a funny story because that's what we do. We have a resolution, and of course this hits a little too close to home for some people, including myself, but it's one of those things where we have a resolution, we, have, we go, okay, this is, this is the change we're going to make. This is what we're preparing for. We're hoping and praying 2021 is going to be a new beginning or a fresh start. So in her classic book, uh, Lucy Montgomery writes in Anne of Green Gables, she writes, isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? Isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day? And I haven't made any mistakes there yet today, right, Steve? This morning, even in the few hours already, how many made a mistake already? I hope not. Man, this is okay, Rudy. <laughs> Thanks for being honest, Rudy. That's just kind of how it goes. Isn't it nice to think that tomorrow will be a day filled with no mistakes yet? So we think about a new beginning. We think about a fresh start, right? All good things. And so we find encouragement when we look at what God speaks to Isaiah. In Isaiah 43, verse 18 through 19, it says this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Go next slide. It says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Say new thing. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert or the wasteland. Isn't that a great scripture? Isn't that we think about, man, that's, that's an encouraging thing to hear. God is going to do a new thing. Amen? How many want God to do a new thing in 2021? I want God to do a new thing in 2020, for, for sure, you know. So many of us want to focus on that. God, do a new thing. But what is the context of this verse? If, if we look at the context of the verse, is, it, you know, is there something deeper to be found? And I think there is. Isaiah is prophesying, or he's revealing to Israel, their captivity in what's called Babylon. Some theologians would say in this verse that they're already in captivity, and some would say they are not yet. But regardless, it says this. The Lord says to forget the former things. How many know our past life, our life before now, sometimes we just want to forget? We don't want to dwell on those things. We don't want to remember those things. 
And so when the, when the Bible says, don't dwell on those things, forget those things, we go, oh, praise the Lord. God is preparing us for a new season. But if we actually go back just a few verses, we'll see that God is actually reminding Israel of their past. So if you go to verses 16 and 17, just two verses before what we read previously, it says this. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, who makes a path in the mighty waters. Verse 17, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and power and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished. They are quenched like the sea. Now, or they are quenched like a wick, sorry. The Lord who makes way in the sea, what does that sound like? What does that sound like? Crossing the Red Sea, right? That sounds, that's exactly right, Rudy. The Lord who makes path in the sea. It also says this, a path in the mighty waters. Chariots and horses. This is a reminder to Israel of what God had brought them out of when they were leaving Egypt. So it's an interesting thing. He's reminding them of his past goodness, but then just a minute later, he says to forget the former things. Forget or don't dwell on the past. So which is it? What are we supposed to do? I like what David Guzik says in his commentary. He says this, that the switch is both fascinating and instructive. This shows us there is a sense in which we must remember the past in terms of God's great work on our behalf. There is also a sense in which we must also forsake and forget the past with all of its discouragement and defeat and then move on for what God has for us in the future. Steve, how, how, many, how, how do you know that there's good things God did for us in the past, right? There's great things God has for us in the future. There's a new thing God has for us in the future. But we don't want to forget what God did for us in the past. So when the Bible talks about forgetting those things and not dwelling on those things, he's not talking about the things God did for us. He's talking about that stuff that has no business in our past. We don't want to dwell on our sinful lifestyle. We don't want to dwell on those horrible thoughts or horrible things. We want to dwell on God's goodness. When I think about our family, when I think about my family and what we had in our past and where we are now and what God has for us in the future, we have this understanding that the goodness God has shown us is continual. We have seen God move time and time and time again. In your life, in your testimony, you've seen God move time and time and time again. And how easy is it for us to forget those things? How simple is it for us to go, boy, what has God done for me lately? And we forget. For all of us, we could point to at least one thing, one thing God did for us in 2020. Just this last year, could you point to one thing God did for you in 2020? Braxton Dahl, what is one thing God did for you this last year? Kept you and your family healthy. Jenny? Jenny Metcalf. I'm talking to you, Jenny. <laughs> 
What's something God did for you this last year? He brought you through it. Tina, what's something God did for you this last year? Yeah? Amen, right? That's what God does. Louise, what's something God did for you this last year? Some family drama, and it's coming to an end, right? And God's moving in it. You see God at work in it, right? Jeff, what's something God did for your family this last year? Brought you another grandchild. That's always a good thing, right? Of course, you got a pretty good one right here. Hi, Reagan. What did God do for you this year? How about it, Mark? Grandson. Anything else? Let's, let's keep the grandkids out of this now. <laughs> What's something else God did for you this year? 2020. Healed your parents. Man, when we think about what God has done for us this last year, during what something God did for you this last year? Healed you in Israel. Man. Austin. Something God did for you this last year? A healthier mom? Yeah. Your job? Mel? Mel got his master's. Master's, man. That's an accomplishment, amen? God gave you the strength, fortitude, the will to get it done, and you did it. Tim. Tim got a promotion. He is a manager. Amen. On April Fool's Day. When we think about giving testimony to God, you know, a lot of times we talk about having kind of testimony Sunday. Hey, this is going to be great. Everybody watch this. Carrie Jurdy. Come on in. <laughs> Carrie, come on in. Come on, come over here, Carrie. Carrie, come here. Gary, we're talking about what God has done for us this last year. I know this is really putting you on the spot. What has God done, something God has done for you this last year? Mark already said grandkids. You can't take that one. Uh, new uh, son-in-law. Oh, new son-in-law. There you go. You may be seated. Thank you. Give her a hand. She's really embarrassed. <laughs> Rudy, how about you? Okay, <laughs> what is something God done for you this last year? Is it not too bad? <laughs> get, helping you get through the passing of your mother this year. It's a tough one. Peggy. He has sustained you. Amen. Cindy. Amen. Bryce Hansen, I see you up there. What's something God did for you this last year? New baby girl. Peg. 
Carol. Sure. Zoom and, and connecting with people that we're not able to see right now. That's awesome. Mike. Man, how, how, how true is that? You give us strength to get through the hard times. Mike Hansen. Go to Israel, man. It was incredible, wasn't it? Doug. Yeah. It's tough, man. Suzanne. Yeah. Awesome. Reagan. Stop it. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> God changes our paradigm. God shifts our perspective. Brings us into alignment with him, right? Steve. Amen. Rachel. Johnny, you're back there. His is part of yours? Yeah. Amen. Don, how has God blessed you this year? He answered your prayers and that you prayed that he would keep you close to him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Carol Hansen. Amen. Sometimes God shows up the strongest in our lives through heartache, right? K-Doll. You can go. It's all right. <laughs> you can go. It's okay. <laughs> She's like, no. She stopped right there. It's fine. My wife. She's so soft-spoken. I, too, have a lot of 
things to be thankful for this year, but um, one of the biggest things I have to be thankful for is um, the opportunity that I have to work for the school, um, especially this year when we shut down. We were still able to um, be paid and employed, and so we didn't want for anything during that whole time, and also God blessed us with um, just time to spend with each other. So I'm really thankful for that. She's thankful for time spent with me. Isn't that good? <laughs> Andy, oh, the kids, I get it, okay. Is there anybody that hasn't shared that would like to share? If, if, if you haven't shared, if I didn't call on you, Tim. Tim got a new job. And it's a, you like it, right? Going well. Boy. You hear that? A new job, pay increase. God is good. Linda. Amen. We're grateful. If if you guys don't know Linda, Linda has moved into Bob Williams' old house, and so she's she's living right over there and. Uh, it's been a blessing for her to be at the church now. Amen? Amen. Anybody else want to share? If you haven't shared? Avery. You finished college, man. That's awesome. You're now on to new seasons, right? Hopefully. Praise the Lord. Ashley. You got a new job. You're working at the bank. Pay increase. Just kidding. Anybody else? Absolutely. You know, it's, yeah, you do. If for, you know, for my family in my house, 2020 has been just a time where we've had opportunity to be together more, right? To grow stronger as a family, right? So Oliver, hey, Oliver, Oliver, what'd you get for Christmas? Well, that's your testimony, right? You got Paw Patrol? <laughs> I almost opened a can of worms there. Uh, I didn't get any Paw Patrol, so I'm a little upset now. What? And you got candy? Awesome. Man, that's awesome. You had a good year, right? Good job. All right. So... <laughs> that's all right hey man it's good to have kids amen amen listen 2020 has been a year to recognize god's hand at work in our lives we've been kept healthy as a family we've had our needs met and then some right god has been so good to us he has given us peace in anxious times and comfort in the middle of uncertainty, Steve. How good has God been to us? 
as a church family, I understand it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows, right? It hasn't all been, you know, puppy dog tails. But I can forget those times. I can forget the hard times and focus in on how he has brought us through what has been an unprecedented year. For most of us in our life, this is a year unlike any other. We pray that it ends soon. We pray that we get to a little bit back to normal, right? But we don't want to forget the blessing that we have. In this season in our lives, when we get to spend time with our families, when we get to grow close as a family, when we get to grow stronger in the Lord. So what has God done for you this last year? You've all answered. If you didn't answer and you don't want to answer, that's okay. But reflect on that. If you're at home watching and uh, you couldn't really hear what people were saying because I forgot to give them the microphone, which I do all the time now, (laughs) Uh, everybody shared what God has done for them this last year. And so think about where you are, where you're sitting, where you're at, what God has done for you this last year. Amen? Listen, I'm excited for 2021, not because 2020 was so bad. Not because 2020 was so bad, but because I'm excited. I can't wait to see the new things that God has in store for us. God has in store for me, my family, and for this church. Amen? There's things that God has in store for us. Listen, while the focus of the majority of messages on this in in most churches on this Sunday is going to be on New Year's resolutions and, you know, encouragement, stick it out and hang tight and do what you got to do. Listen, I don't want to focus so much on the resolutions as much as I want to focus on 2021. And I want to focus in simply on this. What are the plans you have for 2021? And what are the plans God has for you in 2021? And the question is, are you willing to set aside your plans for God's? Are you willing to set aside your plans for God's? Proverbs 16, verse 9, says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The Lord directs his steps. You see, the context of the scripture here shows a man or a person that's heart is already geared towards the Lord. It's not speaking of unbelievers who just follow their own path. This is speaking of those who love the Lord, who are following after the Lord. They plan their own way, but the Lord is directing their steps. Those who are sensitive to his spirit. Amen? How many know we want to be sensitive to where God leads us? We want to be sensitive to where God brings us in our life. So the question comes back to this. Have you made your own plans? You already have 2021 mapped out. Or have you asked the Lord to direct your steps? Lord, where would you lead me this next year? And some people have a difficulty with that. Some people have a hard time saying, Lord, lead me. Why do people have a hard time with that? There's three reasons that I want to share with you this morning. The first reason is this. Pride. Pride. The first reason is pride. It's this. I can do it. This is my life. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. 
I am my own boss. I'm my own man. I can do what I want, right? That's the, we, listen, we get prideful. We, yeah, it's, it's all about what we can do. This is a statement made by people who surely have not surrendered their life to the Lord. It's whatever I can. Psalm 138 verse 6 says, Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. The proud he knows from afar. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Amen? First reason, pride. What's the second reason? Lord, direct my steps. What's the second reason people don't want to do that? The second reason is this. It's pain. It's pain. It's been a tough year. For many people, it's been a very hard year. So you've gone through a hard year. You've lost a loved one. You've gone through sickness. Your, your family struggles to get by. And so out of pain, you say, if the Lord has directed my steps so far, then I might need some different directions. Out of pain, it's tempting to blame God for heartache and the suffering, right? It's tempting to blame God for heartache. It's tempting to blame God for the hurt in our lives, But the Bible makes it very clear that in this life, we will suffer. In this life, we will suffer. But in our suffering, hope is produced. Amen? Romans 5, 3-5 says this, Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. We've talked about this before. How weird is that? Why rejoice in our sufferings? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You say, Pastor David, you have no idea what I've been through this last year. You have no idea what 2020 has been like for me. No, I don't. I don't. It's interesting. There's a famous coach. His name is Lou Holtz. He said this. Life is 10% what happens to you. And 90% how you respond to it. When we look at suffering through the lens of our faith, we see hope on the other side of our pain. I've shared this story before. There's a a man who uh, a very, very tragic accident happened where he was in the driver's seat in his driveway with his truck. And his wife asked him to move the vehicle. And while he was moving it, he didn't see that his infant daughter had climbed behind where the truck was. He said he held her as she passed. He said, I fought to breathe. I couldn't eat. It seemed like my life was in torment. But slowly... And painfully, God began to, sh- to show us his love and his mercy, and we leaned into his grace. And soon, he found out that him and his wife were able to minister to people who had also gone through tragedy because of what they'd gone through. And so God saw the suffering happen. Saw the suffering 
but there is light at the end of it. Holding on to our pain contains an element of pride. It really does. Holding on to our pain contains an element of pride. As long as we hold on to it, we have an excuse. As long as we hold on to that pain, we have an excuse. We don't have to follow God's direction in our life because if this is where it goes, I need a, I need a different set of directions. Are you willing to set aside your pain this morning? Are you willing to set aside the pride? So number one reason we don't follow God's plans for our life is out of pride. The second is out of pain. The third reason is this. It's fear. It's fear. To set aside for your agenda for God's is a scary proposition. To set aside your agenda. I, I've heard story after story after story of people who felt called by God for a specific mission in their life, for a specific work, but they never did it out of fear. They were called to be a pastor. They couldn't let it go because they had an incredible job in sales. And they were making money hand over fist, right? They didn't want to risk that, and so they stayed doing what they were doing. And out of fear, rejected the calling of God in their life. Another person who was called to be on the mission field. And of course, with the mission field comes all sorts of changes in your life. All sorts of incredible changes in your life. And because they were fearful of the life change that it would require, they chose not to do what God called them to do. Maybe you're not called to be a missionary or you're not called to be a pastor, but you're called to share Christ with your friends at school. Maybe you're called to share Christ with your, the people that you work with, with your coworkers but you're fearful that you'll be ridiculed or made fun of. Listen, we are called to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen? Listen, to, so we lift our hands, we give glory, we shout to the king, but, but how many know that a lot of times we don't do those things because we're fearful about what people may think of us? Now, in this church, that's not such a big deal. I know it's funny. Uh, somebody, who was it? It was a pastor... It was a pastor from another church, and he had come to a service here, and during the worship time, saw somebody, saw people raise their hands. And he was like, what is going on here? Because in this church, we raise our hands, right? We give glory to God. We lift our hands. We lift our voices. That's what we do. Some people say, well, I can't do that because of what will people think? Fear is a powerful taskmaster. Fear is a powerful taskmaster. It will chain you to mediocrity. Fear will bind you to unfulfilled purpose and promise. Listen, God has not called you to be fearful. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Deuteronomy 3.6, 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. 
Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. Say, he goes with me. He will not leave you or forsake you. Pride, pain, fear. God has called you to walk in his ways, and he will direct your path. Amen? Listen, for this year, 2021, coming up, a couple days away, will you lay aside the pride, pain, and fear and step into the path that God has for you this next year? Will you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and let him direct your path, right? It's an interesting thing that whenever we talk about God's path for our life, God's plan for our life, it always seems to be a mystery for people, especially Christians, Maybe especially young Christians. What's God's plan for my life? What is his will for my life? Should I go here? Should I do this? Should I seek that? Should I be here? So we think about God's will and we go, man, I'm so worried. Am I not in God's will? Am I in God's will? What's going on? Well, I remember when I was in college. I was a high school dropout. I worked third shift at a gas station for a year and went, eventually got my GD and eventually got to college, right? And I'm in college and I became obsessed and upset that I was out of God's will for my life because I was there late, because I had messed up, because I got caught up in my own junk, and it took me a little while longer to get to where I needed to be. And so I was worried. I was upset. I was, man, I'm, I, am I outside the will of God now? And so we start to think about these things. What is God's will for my life? I know people all the time who struggle what is God's will for me how will I know that I'm following his path in my life it's a tough answer it's a tough question right Steve but it has a really simple answer Tim trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's it. That's it. It's very simple. It's this. Where's your heart this morning? Where's your heart this morning? If your heart is focused on making money and making as much as you can, your actions will follow suit. If your heart is focused on prestige and honors in your career, you'll forsake time with God and with family for time at the office. Maybe you say, it's all focused on my kids. Pastor David, I'm just focused on my kids. And so you want so much for them to be or do what you aren't or couldn't do. So you push them into programs and sports and activities, and you'll show them that God can come second as long as they come in first. So we've made our kids an idol in our life. We've made money an idol in our life. We've made prestige and honors idols in our life. But maybe this morning, maybe, your heart is where it should be. 
Maybe your heart is focused on the king this morning. I don't have a very long message. I don't have a very lengthy diatribe this morning, but it's this. Are we focused on the king? All that you do personally in your family, everything you do is geared towards service and worship to the Father. Is that where your heart is this morning? While you're focused on him, you have an idea for a business, you have an idea for a a move or an endeavor or an adventure, and you move forward in peace because God is directing your steps because you are focused on serving and worshiping the king. My prayer for you and my prayer for me and my prayer for us as a church this next year is to be holy devoted to the service and worship of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Let 2021 be known as a year that God has done a new thing, a new, a new thing in your life and a new thing in this ministry. I pray that 2021 is a year unlike any other, not like this last year, <laughs> but where God does a new thing. I pray God does something new in the ministry God has for you. You say, Pastor David, I don't have a ministry. Where do you work? Who are the lives that you touch day in and day out? Who are you surrounded with in your family circle? We all have a ministry that God has given us. For some, it's in our jobs. For some, it's in our schools. But we all have a minister where we can can minister God's mercy and grace to those around us. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Like I said, it's not a very long message today. But I think it's a pretty good one. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity this morning to deliver a message of hope. To deliver a message of preparing for a new season and a new year. Lord, I pray that as we go into this next year, you would speak to our hearts, guide our path, direct our steps. Lord, I pray for those who are here and those who are watching online. Lord, I pray that you would bless us and keep us. Lord, that you would cause your face to shine down upon us. And Lord, I pray that you would give us rest in this year and the next. In Jesus' name. Amen.